Can I heat my house with gas in New York State? Hit the music. <clears throat> my passion at the good old-fashioned school for lover boys. Hello and welcome to the Adding Energy Podcast, a podcast about energy usage, energy efficiency, and energy issues. I'm your host, Mr. Brian McLean. Coworker asked me the other day, I heard on the radio that starting in 2024, I won't be able to have a gas heating system in my house. And I said, that doesn't sound right. Let me look into it. Uh, and living in New York State, we often have this problem. Uh, the answer is not New York State, but it's New York City. So in New York City, starting in 2024, all new construction starts uh, will not be allowed to have a fossil fuel heating source of any kind. And by that they mean not only space heating, but water heating and cooking. Um, currently, there's a handful of exceptions uh, for that. Those are specifically high intense uh, heat using buildings like laundries, restaurants, and I believe hospitals. Uh, there was also an exception if you were like over 320,000 square feet or if you were over 11 stories. Um, but uh, that's true. Yeah, so it's true. Starting in 2024, you won't be able to build a house that has uh, fired anything. Um, <clears throat> now, how do we get there? Is this surprising for New York City? Uh, not surprising. New York City has been going against burning stuff for quite a long time. They were one of the first municipalities to start reducing the ability to burn coal in the city and even wood. Um, they went against heavy oils, uh, I believe in like the 80s, so no more uh, number four or number six heating oil or bunker C. Uh, in the early 2000s, they did a bunch to limit the amount of uh, light oil, number two, or diesel that people could burn in their buildings. And uh, New York City also does not like propane because they don't like explosives uh, going through tunnels or over bridges. So when they went after natural gas, that wasn't a big surprise to many of us in the industry. The thing that's amusing is why they're going after natural gas is because there's getting to be not enough natural gas in the city. So Con Edison, who's the primary utility in New York City for gas and electric, um, their infrastructure is starting to age out. <clears throat> they're having issues. They're having capacity problems. And New York State has said that in 2050, the state and specifically the city will be carbon neutral, low carbon, zero carbon, whichever term they use, which day to, based on the slight changes they make in the definition. Um, so Con Ed doesn't want to put in a whole bunch of new distribution system just to have to turn it off in a decade or three. <clears throat> um, now, why is that? Uh, it's because all the people who used to burn all that other stuff have converted over to burning natural gas. So there's a very high demand for it, and Con Ed definitely doesn't want to add users to their system. <clears throat> now, uh, New York State... Uh, is looking at doing a similar thing. Kathy Hochul put a bill forward uh, back in June or July of 2022, if you're watching this sometime in the future. And, uh, and it looks to mimic the New York City bill. It actually removed the exceptions for the different occupancies. So it would be all new construction in New York State uh, would be required to have no f fossil fuel heated system. Um, now, 
why does New York State like to mimic New York City laws? Well, because if they don't, you get these weird little lines. Uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, you go to municipalities, and as soon as you cross a line, all of a sudden uh, you you cross this line in the sand, and people do all kinds of crazy things uh, as far as zoning issues and things like that. And they don't want New York City to have uh, some weird line where you know somewhere around the Tappan Zee Bridge or Long Island or Westchester County, if you buy on this side of the street, you can't do one thing and the cross the street, you can. Um, <clears throat> so that, if you think about it in just lawmaking terms, makes sense. Uh, the problem becomes there's pretty big changes between New York City and New York State. Uh, for those of you who don't know, New York State has the largest state park in the country. It's Adirondack State Park. And even as recently as about five, six years ago, uh, I had vendors coming to try to present to engineers like me uh, to show uh, ways to make electricity for houses that weren't connected to the grid. Now, generally, those were not year-round homes. They were things like camps and cabins. Uh, but not every house in New York state is connected to the electrical grid. Um, so if you tell them they're not allowed to burn anything and it's not just space heating, but propane or natural gas or fuel oil to heat, hot water, cook, laundry, etc., uh, that's going to get really interesting quick. <clears throat> um, the other thing is that New York state, uh, upstate has no real problems with their gas infrastructure. The, the biggest problem they have is that there's not a, a lot of it and that to getting these more remote areas, uh, we haven't run natural gas in the streets or, you know, under the yards. Uh, but if you're in a populated area, usually the distribution systems are pretty adequately sized, especially now that we're getting slightly better about the efficiencies of our heating systems and somewhat properly sizing them. Uh, in many ways, you'd have more capacity uh, in those areas. One of the things people don't necessarily understand about the difference between New York City and the rest of New York State is the difference in the amount of heating they need. Uh, we look at the amount of heating you need over a season as in heating degree days. That is uh, the difference between the daily average temperature and the temperature at which we believe you require heating. So if we take 60 degrees and we subtract from it the daily temperature, if that day is 10 degrees, then you would have 50 heating degree days for that day. So we add them all up. New York City over a year averages like 4,000 to 4,500. Um, the rest of New York State goes from just under 6,000 to almost 7,000 heating degree days. So that's 20, 30, 40, 50% more. Um, that's a lot more heating. Uh, the other thing that you have with New York City is generally you have less exposed surface area than you do in the rest of the state because it's very common to have your building touching another building or the, your home touching another home or for someone to live above you or below you where you don't have that in places like Adirondack State Park or maybe Binghamton or Syracuse or Plattsburgh, Albany, Schenectady, Troy, Buffalo, Rochester. Tonawanda, name your pick. Um, so generally they need less heating in general in New York City. <clears throat> uh, 
the other thing that comes along with that is if you do go electric, you quickly get into choices, and there's lots of choices as to how to use electricity to fire your heating system. Um, so you can just burn kilowatts, which is electric resistance. Things like hair dryers, toasters do that. Um, when you go from something like light oil, number two, home heating fuel, to electricity, you normally double the amount you pay per BTU. Uh, for natural gas to burning kilowatt hours, you're normally like three to four times more expensive per BTU. <clears throat> now, you don't have to do that. There are other options. You can use a heat pump, and a heat pump is much more efficient than electric resistance at higher outdoor temperatures. As you get below, uh, depending on who you talk to, 35, 17, there's numbers that fall in between those and depending on the manufacturers and how good the manufacturers are dealing with things like icing uh, an air source heat pump can be usually two to four times more efficient than the electric resistance so if you go from home heating fuel to a heat pump generally speaking your cost per BTU tends to be the same over a year um, you can then do other things like ground coupled heat pumps uh, there's all kinds of issues with those, mostly cost uh, of the system installation, but you can get better efficiency out of those. They tend to be much more up close to the three or four than down at the two or three. So the next thing is that uh, depending on how much electricity your home uses, you might need a bigger electrical panel to be able to use electricity to heat your house because when you ran a gas pipe or a gas or an oil tank in your house, then you would need that additional capacity of a few watts per square foot. Well, a few watts per square foot and a thousand square foot house, you might be okay with a hundred amp panel. If you get to like a 2000 square foot house, you might need to go to 150 or 200 amp panel. And then on top of that infrastructure you need, it's also going to change how much you pay for your meter service and for other things inside your home. So, you're going to increase your electrical usage, and depending on how those things compound and add up and all that, uh, there are costs associated with that. <clears throat> now, New York State in general uh, is still planning on being carbon neutral, low carbon, net zero carbon. Uh, again, there's so many different names, and they all are slightly defined differently. Uh, by 2050, and so... We're looking at getting rid of all fossil fuels or other fuel sources, uh, carbon-based fuel sources, I should probably say, uh, by 2050. So that's also excluding from it renewable or, or rapidly regeneratable, because they don't want to call them renewable things, like wood. Um, and if you're not familiar with wood heating systems, wood heating systems basically went through a, uh, a big change here in the last seven years. Uh, in 2015, they changed the emissions testing requirement for wood boilers to match uh, oil and gas boilers, which isn't a problem except for the fact that you, the way you test wood, uh, oil, and gas-fired boilers is different than you operate them. Uh, it was come up with back when we were using slide rules and calculators to figure out these things and not like really smart computer programs. So to make the math really easy, we run cold water into a boiler, run the boiler at full capacity, and then we can see how much temperature gain the boiler has, and it makes the math really easy. 
because if you put in 10 GPM, you just take 1.008 times 500 times the temperature rise, and that gives you your capacity of the boiler. Now, they also do the emissions testing as part of that to do it in one test and not have multiple tests. Uh, basically, that's a really easy, steady-state system to have. If you're doing it on something like a 20-degree temperature differential, that's a little bit more difficult. But running cold water into a wood boiler causes the wood boiler to smoke because your combustion temperature gets pulled down. Uh, wood burns better at higher temperatures. Uh, gas and oil tend to burn basically at the same temperatures given your air conditions and your fuel conditions. Uh, because wood is a little more less homogeneous than uh, liquid or gaseous fuel, uh, it does better at higher temperatures. And because of that, running really cold temperatures into a boiler causes the boiler to smoke. <clears throat> uh, it does with the other fuels too, but not as, not to quite as great an extent. Um, so because of that, uh, basically all domestically produced wood boilers became un certifiable and you haven't been able to buy a wood boiler that would install in your house since something like 2015 yes there's probably a couple crazy european made ones that are still allowed uh, i'm not aware of any of them uh, and then they just changed the standard for furnaces here in 2020 so if you have a wood fired furnace there's a chance that that might not be able to be certified or permitted or used ul rated in the united states anymore so you've gotten rid of fossil fuels, you've gotten rid of wood as a solid fuel, um, you're basically gonna force the entire state to electricity. Well, so the first thing you're gonna need is if you're gonna get rid of all those other fuel systems, you're gonna need more electrical grid because you're going to be replacing that energy that was provided by other fuels. So we're gonna need a bigger electrical grid if we're gonna stop residences uh, customers, commercial building, you know, all these consumers of, of uh, heat, we're going to need more electrical grid for all those. But on top of needing more electrical grid, New York State also wants to put in carbon neutral electrical generation. So we're going to need more electrical grid and more carbon neutral electrical generation. So we're going to have to replace our existing systems or a great fraction of our existing systems. And we're going to have to add more. And we're probably also going to have to increase the distribution to substations, possibly the number of substations, and then from the substations to all the customers or end users. Um, yeah, that's a lot to do. Uh, now, on top of that, uh, they're going to make it illegal to buy a gasoline-powered or liquid-fuel-powered vehicle um, here in something like uh, 15 years, I forget whether it's 2035 or slightly earlier, slightly later. So then you're gonna take all this gasoline infrastructure and you're gonna force that onto electricity slightly slower. But again, uh, if you assume a car today lasts 15 years, that means most of the vehicles in 2050 will then also be electric. Um, the utility companies are starting to get concerned about some of these things as to how they're going to happen in order of magnitude. And National Grid was going around trying to talk to the uh, professional societies for engineers and, and the like 
uh, and trying to raise to them that they might want to get in touch with legislators to specifically talk about doing things like low carbon natural gas. <clears throat> now, what is low carbon natural gas? Uh, the one source that they want to hang their hat on is uh, digester gas conditioned to utility grade. Now, digester gas is a byproduct of wastewater treatment. Uh, and so to make wastewater, you know, whatever you flushed when it gets to your wastewater treatment plant, uh, to make that less toxic, problematic, polluting, etc. cetera, uh, we feed it to digesters, which are really just big quasi swimming pools. Um, and in those we have bacteria, those bacteria produce carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, and methane. Uh, in addition to water vapor, if you take that and put it through a gas conditioning system, usually by just like super cooling it, you can remove the moisture, you can even remove the carbon dioxide, and you can get that methane out at basically natural gas uh, pipeline quality. Um, it's not cheap, but it's, it's an option. And if you don't uh, do something with that methane that burns it, then you pretty much are just releasing it to the atmosphere. Uh, wastewater treatment plants will take the digester gas in its entirety and feed it to things like boilers or incinerators uh, for use in other processes like heating digesters. Um, the other thing that they'll do with it is uh, whatever waste, whatever they can't control, they will flare. So they'll just burn it like a, you know, eternal flame uh, sitting out. Uh, and these are common at even landfills, wastewater treatment plants, and things like that. So the utility companies are saying, if we can make uh, natural gas that would have been burned just as part of the process of preventing pollution, and we can distribute that through our existing uh, infrastructure, could we keep that as low carbon or carbon neutral uh, fuel sources? Uh, I think that's probably a pretty good idea. Um, the other option they were talking about is given the number of end users we have in New York State, uh, we'd need to install something on the order of 13,000 systems per week for the next 28 years to convert all of the customers that National Grid has that are not currently 100% electric to 100% electric. Um, 13,000 systems per year it's like works out to be about 30,000 or 300,000 systems a year uh, at 13,000 systems a week. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's a big number. Um, and if you were if New York State serious about this, they're going to need probably a factory in New York State, uh, probably more like five factories in New York State uh, to make all those heating systems, or we're going to be buying them from wherever they can make them. Um, so there's a lot of ramifications around some of these decisions, and I don't necessarily know that all the people who are making those decisions at a policy level have a, a perfect understanding of how these things are going to, uh, you know, synergistically interfere uh, with each other. But uh, <clears throat> for the time being, yeah, you're allowed to put a natural gas heating system in your non-New York City new construction start. Uh, and you'll probably be able to replace your existing gas heating system with another gas heating system till 2050, give or take. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, build a new house, put in a gas-fired heating system, and 
we'll see how these laws move and change as we get further and further into the future. So uh, if you have other questions, go ahead and send them to me. Uh, got another one from another person and we'll be doing that one soon. Uh, so thanks for listening. Thanks for trying to build a little bit of understanding about uh, how rules changing affect things. And uh, yeah, thanks for giving a watch. <laughs>